Welcome back, listeners. It is time for another review from Matt Goes to the Movies, and maybe one that is going to have Rob and I at ends today um, with the movie Battleship. I have a feeling we're going to have some probably different opinions on this uh, movie based on a couple of things that we've said back and forth to each other. So uh, this might be the rare one where we're kind of I don't know. I feel like we're going to be in disagreement here. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to hear um, your thoughts on this overall, Rob. Yeah, um, might surprise you, but uh, might not. Um, I, I'm actually glad that I sat down and watched this tonight. My son actually really does like this movie. So when I told him that we were doing this, uh, he was actually really excited and asked if he could watch it with me. So uh, we watched this earlier tonight before we went on air. And, um, you know, there's there's definitely some fun parts of this movie that I think are, are worth mentioning. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, me too. And before we get into talking about battleship, uh, we want to plug another giveaway here at Matt goes to the movies for the listeners to let them know that right now, we have another giveaway for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That is actually out on digital now. Uh, You do not have to spend money on it and purchase it, though, which is awesome. You can listen to the show, follow us on social media, and find out how to win one of our free copies of this on digital. So Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning stars Tom Cruise, and the biggest and best action movie of the year. You can buy Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 on digital today and go behind the scenes with incredible bonus content and available at participating retailers. Rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. So we do want to say thank you, as always, to Matt360 for sponsoring this portion of the show and making us able to give out these these digital copies of movies to our listeners. So thank you very much and follow the show and check out our show notes on how to win that. So Rob battleship 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 2012. (laughs) Um, and for somebody who wasn't really around in 2012, um, you might not know that this was where Tyler Kish was supposed to be the next big thing. They were really trying to market this dude as ev- like an action guy. I mean, John Carter goes to Mars, um, Battleship. He was in Friday Night Lights, and he really was supposed to be like like the next big guy. Uh, he was also in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. Um, it seems like he's got, he should fire his agent. Like yeah. X-Men Origins, Battleship, and John Carter alone. Like though that those three should, or is agent fire worthy. Yeah. As, as your main tent poles, like John Carter, um, I, I mean, killed his, like almost killed his career by itself for God's sakes. That movie killed a lot of things, mostly it's audiences. Yeah. I mean, that came out March. Wow. I didn't even realize that came out March 9th of 2012 and battleship was released in theaters. May 18th of 2012. So two Back to I did not realize they were that close until this moment Two back to back. I mean, realistically, I mean, we'll talk about whether or not we like this movie or not or but two back to back flops where he was the leading man and movies that were not well received. And if I'm not mistaken, that's those movies are pretty much sandwiched by the Avengers being released. So you can pretty much forget about anybody caring about anything else at that point in time other than just the Avengers. Right. And you're certainly not going to get anything. You're not going to get any forgiveness when the Avengers came out. Like your movie had to be really good for you to get anything. And, you know, maybe with Battleship, we'll talk about that. But over the years, John Carter certainly hasn't done itself any favors. I've never really seen anybody talk about like, oh, well, you know, it 
after time went on, it was, you know, a, a cult following movie or it's it's definitely better than you remember. Battleship. I'll talk about that. I, I think you've got something there where John Carter has almost nothing I've ever seen to try to, you know, well, there is at least this scene or there is at least this idea. Or if it wouldn't have been for studio interference, they probably would have been, you know, if you ever saw like the air cut of it or whatever that version of that movie is, you right. know, you'd like it a lot better. You, you've never really heard that, but you, you do hear people that revisit battleship. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Matt, where a bad movie happens and people are initially disappointed. Time goes on. We kind of forget about it. We forget why it was so bad. And then after that initial disappointment of this wasn't a good movie, like you've already gotten over the disappointment for it. So you can just rewatch it already knowing the outcome and just sort of appreciate it for what they were doing, despite the fact that it wasn't what anybody wanted. And you can kind of see it through new eyes. And what really occurred to me with this is, so, you know, you think about the Hasbro game, right? Everybody's played Battleship at one point or another. You know, my kids like it. It's a pretty, it's a pretty simple game to figure out. You know, there's, it's mostly luck, but there's a little bit of strategy to it. And if you're Hasbro and you just made a boatload of money with Transformers and you're looking at your lineup and trying to figure out what to do next, this is kind of an odd one to pick, like to green light as, as your next major film property. But if you had to pick how to do it, like how far, like if you were just going to write a treatment for a battleship based movie, how far down the list would you have gone before you got to aliens? Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I think when I first saw this movie, it was one of those ones where, yeah, it was just like, yeah, that was stupid. And it might've been too, for the simple fact that like, I, you know, I knew who, who Taylor was. And certainly I thought about the fact that back then, and it, it really slipped my mind that like, wow, um, you know, he's, he's in two movies that aren't really that well, you know, aren't really well liked, but also to like remembering, oh, this has Liam Neeson in it. And, you know, Liam Neeson was, you know, also in his own right, having a kind of career resurgence and things like that um, around this time. So there was a lot of things against it at the time. And, you know, certainly looking back on it, I, I sit there and go, and it's funny how you were like, oh, my son really likes this movie. You know, the reason I rewatched this movie was originally because of my son saying, Oh, I was seeing clips on YouTube about it and um, I want to watch it, which we've talked about that too. Um, you know, does a movie have like YouTube credits, so to speak? Like we've talked about like, yeah, at least there's some parts in these movies where like I'll go on YouTube every once in a while and I'll type in that clip in my search bar just to, that was a cool fight scene or a really good explosion. Um, and yeah, I'm. I am glad I went back and rewatched this movie. So yeah, it's um, there. There is really something there, um, but it's hard for me. And I, as I was watching this, I kind of thought of another movie that we reviewed not that long ago, where there's absolutely no reason to add aliens into it, and yet the filmmakers decided, you know, what's going to make this movie better? Let's add aliens. And it, it was just hard for me to not see the parallels between this and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which can exist entirely on its own without having to have aliens in it. And as I started thinking about it a little bit, okay, so you want to have, if you want to do a military film or just any kind of, of combat action, you got to be kind of careful who you choose as the bad guys. And that's why, and we talked about this with overlord. That's why you see Nazis or zombies all the time. Cause you can just waste them and nobody mm -hmm. in the audience is going to care. You're supposed to kill zombies. You're supposed to not care about what happens to Nazis. That's the way of the world. But when you get into, and you just think about things like red Dawn, you think about when that came out, they changed the enemies at the last minute from the Chinese to North Korea because they were afraid of what was going to happen with the Chinese market. I mean, look at 
you know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything like that, but when the NBA had a problem a couple of years ago with some comments that were being made about from Daryl Morey about things that China was doing, then all of a sudden you had all these NBA players that were realizing that they were going to get screwed in China, LeBron James being one of them, because he knew he had Space Jam's reboot coming out. And if the Chinese market censored it or banned the film that was going to cause massive massive problems for the profitability of that studio so you run into issues like you know like north korea is not really a viable enemy that you can throw up against like with a a full navy so like you can't use them you certainly can't use china because your film will never debut in china and that's a massive 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 commercial market for movies so you can't use them because it'll just get banned so who do you really use you know like Saudi Arabia, you're not going to do that. Like you're going to run out of bad guys. So, you know, or you can do like what, uh, what happens in like modern warfare a lot where they make up a fake, you know, Middle Eastern country. So they don't actually upset anybody. Um, you know, you'll see them do that a lot. So as I kind of thought about it, it sort of makes sense that they went with aliens. Although initially I kind of thought it was dumb. Uh, but I actually understand their decision now and I don't know that they had a choice. Yeah, no, I think I, I think it works. I, I think what doesn't work, and this is one of the things that I think is a problem with the movie as we'll start talking about some pros and cons here, is the simple fact that the alien design really sucks. Yeah. I, I think it's terrible. That porcupine beard, I don't really get it. I don't think their faces are much better. I mean, the mech suits look cool. I think the ships look cool. But man, they just I remember the first time seeing it and just kind of laughing and going, who the hell came up with this design? And why (laughs) did you and why did you say yes? Yeah, that's the best you could come up with like that, like legitimately is just like kind of a dude with a spiky goatee, like with with sort of like, you know, lizard eyes and and kind of like four thumbs or whatever those are. Right. I would have just kept the mech suits on him and like you could have come up with the you know, oh, they wear the suits for protection because they can't handle the sun. And yeah, it, the UV could, rays could have messed them up. You could have seen that. Yeah, like it still could have just been, I, I don't know, just, yeah, their designs are, you know, it was bad back then. And I think their designs are are still ridiculous to this day. And, you know, that's a, a large part, not a large part, but, you know, that is a con of this movie is if you're going to have aliens, you always got to have a cool design. And I think that just goes to bad guys in general. It's hard to have a good movie with a bad, bad guy. Right. Like if they don't seem threatening, if they're not intimidating, if they don't inspire fear in you or, you know, there's you just really having a quality villain is so important to a movie success. And when these ones were just kind of like. They were strong, but then they also had some weird weaknesses too. Like it, it seemed like they were trying to make them human esque, um, right. and it's like okay, but then you went with this a whole other direction, which I suppose you know you can see that makes sense if it's if they come from a world that's similar to Earth, you know, one of those Goldilocks planets that's far enough away but not too far away where life could be sustained. It's reasonable to think that that planet's life cycles would have eventually formed bipedal, you know, things that kind of look like us and have opposable thumbs. Although again, I don't know why they needed four of them. Um, it doesn't seem to really help in any way. Like you could see where that would logically make sense that, that life would evolve in similar ways given similar circumstances, but the design overall just, I don't know, like, and, and just other weird things about the aliens that I think work against them. It's, it's very strange how, Like, and I don't, and it's never clear why the ship doesn't just in that first battle, why the ship doesn't just wipe out all the naval forces when they can, they've got a superior firepower advantage. Mm -hmm. And when they can just go for the kill, it just seems like they collectively just be like, eh, I'm not going to do that right now, whatever. And just, just completely neglect it. Um, and it's it's presented as being so easy to them the same way it is for you or me to swat a fly. And it's, I I feel like they should have had some kind of explanation for why they didn't just sink everything right away. Like some kind of, you know, needing to reload or being out of ammo or something like that would have, I think cleared that all up, but it, it's never really explained, um, why they, why they do that. Um, 
And there's other parts of it where the aliens in general just don't really make a lot of sense. Like, you know, the, in that first battle, none of the human missiles seem to work, but when we get towards the end of the movie in the final battle, all of a sudden the missiles do work. Like I, I don't, I, you know, I don't really get it. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't understand. And I was like, okay, did I miss something? But I don't understand why they kind of work because it's not the, it's not like, Oh, let's take them somewhere because the sun's out, everything like that. But sun's out, guns out. That's, that's the magic of it. Unless, and it wasn't like they took them outside of the force field because, you know, the force field drops when they destroy the one ship. Um, So yeah, I didn't really understand that one line where he's like, let's take them somewhere where they don't want to be. Um, unless we're just both missing something. So, you know, if you're looking too deep into a stupid movie. Yeah. Um, but I will say that again, rewatching this, and I don't know if you've, you've lightened on this from the first time that we kind of talked about this or, you know, maybe I was a little bit lighter on this movie because I was watching it with my son and I could tell he, you know, I could tell he liked it. So, I am maybe a little less critical on it because it's just, it's something to do with our kids and well, you're having a good time. I'm having a good time. Like, so I overlook things, but you know, one thing I remember very vividly when I first watched this movie was Jesus, the dialogue is horrible. Like my (laughs) God, how bad is this dialogue? Now I'm going to go and I'm going to say, and I think maybe this is where we might disagree on certain things. Um, the dialogue is not as bad as I remember because there's not as much as I remember. And what I mean by that is the, the really bad dialogue to me in this movie only comes from actually a few characters. Now I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying the dialogue is good, but there's certain actors in this movie. Um, one of them is uh, the re you know, the retired um, uh, soldier because he lost his legs. I, I think he's terrible in this. Like his dialogue is horrible in this movie. Like there's when they first are on the mountain and he's with um, the, the main character's girlfriend because they're going for a hike with his, with his new legs and things like that. The whole, Oh, we're being attacked by who? Someone saying aliens, aliens, like nobody gives themselves any time to breathe and actually say a sentence before that other person is trying to get their lines out. But then you switch back and it's to me, the dialogue on the ships and like even Taylor Kish in this movie, um, he's not terrible. And I don't think his line delivery is bad. There's not a lot of great things to work with but it's not as much bad dialogue as I remember. It's just when they go to certain characters, every scene that they're in their dialogue is terrible. But to me, it's not the whole, it's not the whole cast. It's just, it's a select group. There's four people in this movie who I think are horrible actors on every level. Um, And, you know, just, it was to me, it was terrible, but maybe this is where we're going to disagree. Um, not much. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with some of the bad writing, uh, some of the bad dialogue and some of the bad delivery of that dialogue. Um, you know, all credit to, uh, the, the actor's name is, uh, Gregory Gadsden that plays, um, the amputee, uh, army vet, uh, who is a legitimate, uh, army vet and double amputee, which, you know, good luck finding a, a real actor who can pull that that off. Right, true. So, so what you have to do there is you're you're not dealing with a trained thespian. You know, you're dealing with somebody who's like fits the role. Um, you know, you you got to find somebody who can do that, and you know, you don't want to green screen that. And I think by 2012, we were starting to be a little more sensitive to like, okay, we should probably, you know, cast people. Like not let's not cast Johnny Depp as Tonto like that. That mm-hmm. seems like a terrible idea. I think we were starting to really kind of understand that a little bit better. So I'm I'm glad they gave this guy a shot. But that also means that you got to you got to meet him where he's at. You got to write dialogue and scenes that he can be effective in. 
And I don't think that that was accomplished at all in this movie. There's, there's some really weird dialogue. There's some very unbelievable uh, scenes that happen in this. And obviously we're talking about aliens and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I already get that, but I kind of want to start at the beginning of this film and it opens up with Taylor Kitsch's character, uh, Alex Hopper, who is, uh, you know, his older brother played by Alexander Skarsgård, who I actually really like in this movie. And I, and I do notice some of his dialogue that's actually written pretty lousy, but because he's Alexander Skarsgård, he can pull it off. Um, you know, he, he's, he's kind of the, it's that older brother that's got his stuff together. He's, you know, moving up in the military and the younger brother is kind of a screw up and doesn't really have much of his life together. Like when, uh, when, uh, uh, Brooklyn Decker's character comes in and she wants the uh, chicken burrito at the bar and the bartender. So if you haven't seen this movie in a while, kind of set it up for you. The bartender closes a microwave and says, sorry, the kitchen's closed. Now that's probably the most single, most unrealistic thing that happens here. And I'm including the alien life forms visiting from another planet because in what alternate timeline does a woman who looks like that not get her chicken burrito? Stephen Strange himself could sit crisscross applesauce with the yoga fingers as long as he likes and never see a reality where that bartender doesn't make that woman a chicken burrito. Yeah, um, I I certainly agree with that. And I, just very quickly, I'm going to say um, I thought she was good with him. But I also think when the scenes that she has outside of, you know, being Samantha and uh What's his name? Is it Alex? His character name is Alex. Yeah, in this his movie? character yeah. name is Alex. Yeah. She always like, calls him Hopper, which is weird. Like who calls their boyfriend by their last name? Right. Exactly. Um, the guy's in permanent trouble. It sounds like. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I thought they were actually pretty good together, but I did not think she was good. And maybe again, like. Again, not trying to pick on this guy because he's not a trained actor. Um so maybe it was just the partner she was with, but I don't think she's good with anybody else in this movie. She just doesn't seem to have chemistry with anybody else. Um, So, you know, I thought her performance was, you know, left a lot to be desired, but again, um, she's not really, it didn't seem like she was really working with top talent. And, And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it's just, you know, this is what we talk about. It's yeah, it's hard to play catch by yourself. If you're going to play catch, you need somebody to to throw the right. ball back. And that's and that's sometimes challenging um, when when what you're working off of doesn't give you a lot to go with. Um, and, but that's again, you, you write around that you direct right. around that you create scenes that accommodate for that. Yeah. And, you know, it's with the aliens and everything. I did think, too, um, you know, yes, the scene in the bar, it's uh, it's unrealistic to think that <laughs> she wouldn't get that. Um, but that whole opening is kind of funny. Like when he's crashing is. through the 7-Eleven or the Hawaiian version of a 7-Eleven, like that was actually really funny. There was a lot of that that I laughed yeah. out loud and I didn't expect to do that. Well, the funny thing is, is I actually, when I watch this with my son Peyton and I, I text you like, hey, guess, like, guess what Peyton wanted to do? We're watching Battleship. I, I text you and was like, I don't understand what like this is not as bad as I remember at all. And then I got to the point that we've already talked about being on the mountain. I'm like, oh, now I remember. But then I sat there and went, wait a minute. Like I just had like 35 minutes of this movie where I really don't have any complaints like the naval games. Okay, I thought it was funny that he's obviously got a concussion and he's like after getting hit. And he's like, no, I'm taking the penalty shot. And he kicks it 800 feet over the goal. Um, But to me, like the first 35 minutes of this movie, I was like, I enjoy this. I like the concept of they're going to send a transmission out into space. There's somebody who, you know, is the voice of reason of, yeah, this probably isn't smart because if there is somebody else out there, and they're that far away, they're probably way more advanced than us. And if they come here, it's not going to be good. Like, yeah. Anybody who can receive the signal and has the technology to receive the signal is likely going to be way ahead of us. I, I love how in movies aliens are always shown as having superior weapons and technology, 
But at some point, I'd love to see a movie where, like, you know, we as humans stumble across an, an alien species and they just have, like, biplanes or stagecoaches or something like that. Like, right. Maybe maybe their weapons are all, like, muskets or something based on that. You know, I, I, I would love to see that sometime because aliens are always shown as being, like, way more advanced than us. I mean, I guess Avatar is kind of the exception there, but they do have friendship magic. So they, you know, they kind of have that over over humans. Right. You know, so... In regards, again, because I, I think the design of the ships is pretty cool. I think the mech suits are pretty cool. And that first part of the movie, I thought, was very entertaining. And then, you know, it's the second half of the movie where it starts to lose its momentum because you have, you know, really bad dialogue um, that's inter- that's interchanged. And you go from having, at least for me, 35 minutes of like, this is actually pretty interesting. The ships have shown up. You can tell they're hostile. Um, You know, he has to take over because his brother is killed. I think there's some good stuff there. But then you get into the flip flop of, all right, there's maybe five to 10 minutes of ship stuff. And then they're back to the mountain and they're with the technology. They're with the the tech guy who was against sending the signal in the first place. And he's really bad once he actually has more dialogue and he's on screen where he's like a character. Um, But you just get it, it constantly flips back and forth between, okay, these guys are good. The, the actors who are on the ship are passable. Even Rihanna, who I remember got like mangled when this movie first came out. I didn't think she was terrible. I've seen much worse acting from musicians, celebrities, you know, I've seen much worse acting from people in her genre, at least on my end. I thought for what she was given to do, she was good. Like I, I might be on an Island here, but I was like, huh, why? Why hasn't she, I mean, I know she was in them. I think it was home was it was an animated film with Something her like and, uh, yeah. and the guy that plays Sheldon on uh, Big Bang Theory. Like that was a fun movie. And I thought she was good in that, too. Yeah. So but it's just because once the movie gets past that point, it for me, it just it flip flops so much in between the characters and the actors and actresses who aren't very good and the stuff that's actually interesting way too much. And and that's where the movie loses a lot of momentum for me. Yeah, I, for me, it starts right when uh, pretty much when you get like the hedgehog quills on the dude's like weird goatee. Like once they get that helmet off, that's when I think things really do start kind of falling apart. Because um, shortly after that, there's a scene where the aliens get in and they extract their guy and they just leave all the humans like they're in right. there and they're big and they're they've got their mech suits and they're stronger. Um but they don't like take out like clearly these are combatants. Like, why do they just be like, grab their guy and leave? Like, why not take that opportunity to eliminate hostile forces like that? I, I just don't understand that. Like, it, it, it's never really clearly defined why they decide to attack who they do and when they don't like. And, and there's even that scene on on the island, um, you know, where the scientist has his his briefcase and there's there's like that struggle there. Like, it's almost like they, they kind of stole that bit from the T-800 where they kind of like identify if something's a hostile, like, you know, a threat or not, but their technology to figure out who's a threat and who isn't, or who's going to come back and bite them. It kind of sucks. Like, yeah, I, I don't know why they even bother not eliminating every hostile species. Like, you know, if, and it's, it's one of those kind of like vague things. Cause there's that moment where, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Kitsch's character, Alex, um, kind of like mind melds with the the prisoner to realize right. that their world was taken over in a hostile whatever. And it's, uh, I'm it's, sorry, it's, every other alien movie that's ever been out. Literally all of them. Like, can we just come up with something new? And it's always supposed to be like a vague metaphor for our own planet and our own species. Heard it. Give me right. something new. Like, I, I, I would rather have something else. Yeah, you know, it's that's definitely a good point. And they get like... You know, once once you see what these aliens look like, it, they actually get really proud of it because there's so many scenes where now all of a sudden you just you get to see them. Um, I just again, I, I don't understand the design, but. I, you know, one thing that I was surprised at, too, 
rewatching this movie and it's really what was was it just for the name at the time like what's Liam Neeson like why is he of all people have to be the what is he is he the the general the admiral like uh yeah he's the admiral yeah like why like <laughs> just because of the name because what he's probably got seven minutes of total screen time in this movie I'm thinking he accepted it just for the vacation in Hawaii. That's my guess. That could, that really could be. Like, I'm fairly certain I read something that that's why Adam Sandler shoots a lot of his movies where they are is just basically it's an excuse for him and his friends to go on vacation together. Yeah, that's, yeah, that I totally believe. Like, <laughs> like, like unbelievable. That's, that's actually kind of a cool idea. really. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, all right. Um, but I, 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 again, I will say the, at least the effects for the ships and their technology and those, what do you want to call them? Like those giant, like rolling spike balls, like all of that stuff is actually really well done. Again, when you stop and go, boy, you could have just wiped out every ship. Why didn't Easily. you like, why didn't you send more of those? Um, a, a lot of that doesn't make sense, but there's some pretty good effects in this movie. There's some pretty good destruction. And, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, when you start getting towards the real ramp up of the battles and stuff like that, it, it's fun. It, it's stupid, but it's fun. And just kind of the you know, thunderstruck playing at the end when they're mm. getting, the, you know, when they're getting the ship ready, like I found myself like getting pumped, like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time again. So th- this movie does have fun moments. And again, like my whole thing is we've talked about this so much during our movie discussions, but I I don't need something to completely overwhelm me with emotion every single time. Sometimes I do, especially if I'm just sitting at the house. Sometimes I just, I want to have fun. And this movie is a lot more fun than I remember it because I remember despising this movie. Um, and, And we're certainly not, we're not rating it yet, but that was something that was very interesting to me overall was, wow, I really did not like despise this movie. In, in my memories, like this was a terrible movie. And I even said that to, to Peyton, when he asked me to watch it, said, I would love to watch it again. Cause I despise that movie. And that's funny to me. Like I will watch it again because you asked me to, but in my head, I'm like, I will watch it because that to me is funny to watch something that's so bad. I'll get a laugh at it. And I, I found myself more often than not. And don't get me wrong. There's still some really bad stuff about this, but going, wow, I'm, I'm having fun. Like I, I don't remember having fun with this movie before. And again, it was 2012. That is 11 years ago. A lot has changed in 11 years with (laughs) myself included. So I was, you know, very pleasantly surprised. You know, you mentioned that scene with Thunderstruck. Um, That's the best scene of this movie. It's a, it's just such a totally badass moment when they're like, all right, well, we don't have a ship. And he's like, uh, we got that one. And he's pointing at the USS Missouri, you know, which is a retired ship. It's a museum. And they're like, it's a museum. What, how do we even operate? And he's going through all the ways that that ship is different from what those people were trained on. And just kind of out of nowhere, like apparently these old geezers were literally just sitting in the crow's nest, just waiting for them to call them out. Cause they're literally all over the ship in the weirdest places for them just to appear from. And it's like, and I almost don't even care because it's such a badass moment. Um, you throw in that ACDC track and that's a legitimately cool scene. Like it's, this is a bad movie, but that, that is a very cool pump up scene. And it got me thinking, you know, and and we've kind of talked about this with a variety of different things. There's, there's different versions of bad movies, but I really feel, I feel pretty strongly about this idea that bad movies and just movies in general, I guess, but definitely bad movies, really have like an alignment chart, you know, like there's like true neutral and lawful good and chaotic evil and stuff like that. There's different kinds of bad movies. There's like plain bad, like irredeemably bad, like the super Mario brothers movie, irredeemably bad. 
there's awesomely bad, kind of like Batman and Robin. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's like, it's awesomely bad. And then you've got like summer blockbuster, dumb, bad. And that'd be like Armageddon. It's dumb. It's bad. But it's like awesomely like bad in a big blockbuster Michael Bay kind of way. Right. And I was actually really surprised when I looked up the details that Michael Bay was in no way associated with this movie because this does feel like a Michael Bay kind of movie to me. Um, and and I kind of feel like this one fits more in that summer blockbuster. It's dumb and it's bad but it's a summer blockbuster kind of feel and that it's there are redeemable parts of this. And that to me is, I think where this movie kind of fits, like you can't really defend it as a good movie. Nobody in their right mind would try to tell you that battleship is a good movie or that Armageddon is a good movie. But if somebody said they enjoyed it, that's different than defending it as a good movie. Those are, those are separate things. Yeah, no, and I think, too, there was, you know, you look at, again, some of the stuff that came out in 2012, there was, there was sort of a lot of this hitting the market that were, like, really dumb movies, but you also had things like, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you also had the movie Safe House with Denzel Washington and Ryan Reynolds, which I really liked. You had 21 Jump Street, which was mm. a surprise hit. Oh, God, that was so funny. You had Pitch Perfect. You mm. had The Dark Knight Rises. You know, you had Prometheus. You had The Amazing Spider-Man. You had This Is 40. Um, Skyfall was released in 2012. The Avengers. Um Regardless if it's your cup of tea, Magic Mike, which was a huge hit. Um, but you had you had a, that's a lot. That's a hell of a year. The oh Hunger, my God. The first Hunger Games was out mm. in 2012. Dread released in 2012. Meh. Chronicle. Um, there was so much of this kind of thing though. Cause like you had resident evil retribution. So you already have a big, dumb, stupid movie. Um, you have journey to the mysterious Island with the rock when he was just starting to get his, um, what's it called? It, it, like starting to really rise in popularity. Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. <laughs> like I forgot that existed, right? but like you had a lot of things that were going to be like big, dumb and stupid. So it feels like it was just, it's so easy for this to get lost in the mix. I feel with everything that was released in 2012. And especially when you consider like when they, when Hasbro sat down to make a movie and somehow threw a dart at the wall and hit battleship as the next property that they were going to do. Like there, I refuse to believe that this movie was written any other way than how do we take the the battleship letter and number combo attack and like, you know, a four miss, like how do we put that in a movie and make right. it work? And they worked backwards from there. Correct. Like, that is exactly how they made this movie. It 100%. I refuse to believe there was any other way that this movie was made besides that, because that's how you get things like, Oh, well, if they have to target that way, why do they have to target that? Well, probably there's something wrong with their communications. Well, why is there something wrong with the communications? Uh, it's being jammed. Okay. Who's it being jammed by? I don't know. Aliens. Okay. Make a movie. So he must. So Peter Berg directed this movie. Um, wow. He must have some sort of relationship with Mark Wahlberg Mm. because he has done Lone Survivor, Mile 22, Deepwater Horizon and Patriot's Day, which are all Mark Wahlberg films. Hmm. Interesting. He also did the rundown, though, with The Rock. Oh, no, that's a lot of fun. I will defend that as a lot of fun. And he did Hancock. Yeah, which is better than people remember, as we discussed that was him. He's also it's not done good, co- but it's better than people remember. He did Collateral. Oh, I like that. Hmm. Wow, he's actually done some some interesting. Yeah. Oh, he, he did The Losers. I like that movie actually a lot. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, Collateral with Tom Cruise and uh, Jamie Lee Fox or uh, Jamie Fox. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that is a heck of a movie. 
I, I did like that a lot, actually. I, I thought yeah. that was really, really good. But He's, this guy has a very diverse uh, <laughs> uh, filmography. He really does. Like looking through it, like wow, like whew. you wouldn't have connected any of those dots. No, jeez, Corky Romano, like, <laughs> 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 like that's funny. Um, but. I, I will say too one one thing I'm just going to mention this very quickly is I did not know this until just my my watch and I mean for God's sakes Rob this is our thing now I did not know until three days ago or well no six days ago now um, that this movie had an end credit scene mm, it does and it's pointless yeah it's I mean it teases a potential sequel that would never see the light of day. Um, but I mean, Independence Day got one, so who knows? Yeah, um, maybe in 30 years. So for, for those of you who are listening who haven't seen this movie, by the way, it's not streaming anywhere, so it's not easy to find. Um, at least not anywhere that I, that I noticed that it was streaming and I, and I nope. checked a bunch of places, um, that you get to the end of the movie, it's got an end credit scene because in 2012, every movie had to have an end credit scene because that's what the MCU was doing. And now everybody has to do it. And there's uh, some kids in Scotland. They're they're coming home from school, and they find you know something in the field. It's a big, looks like a meteor. And uh, there's a there's a local handyman that tries all sorts of different ways. He he tries a chainsaw to get through space rock because clearly a chainsaw is what you use for for something that's not wood. Which um, did I really quick? Did I miss something in that scene? How does he even show up? Is it supposed just to kind just of imply that the kids called him? I, I think so. He just sort of materializes and then he's got the uh, acetylene torch and he, he's got the goggles and he, he cuts into it. And then they have like this freak out and it's it, it really doesn't go anywhere because you don't like if you want to make a sequel to a movie, just make a sequel. Like you don't need an end credit scene to set up something like just make a sequel if that's what you really want to do. If if the studio likes the returns, if the audience scores are pretty good, which honestly, you don't even need audience scores to get sequels. Uh, look at the Fast and the Furious franchise and look at Resident Evil. Um, they just keep spawning sequels, despite the fact that they're largely not good. Um, but anyways, you know, you can just make a sequel. You don't need to bother with a stupid end credit scene that goes nowhere. Yeah, it was a really it, it was definitely a weird scene, like, obviously. But I it was just funny that I had no clue that there even was one. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I I struggle with this movie a little bit because, again, it's not as bad as I remember, but it, it's still one of those movies that is there, you know, again, you just said that ending scene with battle, you know, um, with Thunderstruck. Is there anything else that is very like is there anything else memorable about this movie? And that's where I kind of struggle of going. So what is this? Like, and I think you summed it up pretty nicely, but for me, I, I still kind of go, all right, what is this? What What is this supposed to be? Is it supposed to just be a big, dumb action movie? Is it like, what do I overall think this is? Uh, you know, it's something that you, you can put on when you don't want to have to think about anything. Like, there's a few things you're going to like here. There's there's some of the like that opening scene is legitimately laugh out loud funny. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you'd, you'd mentioned the visual effects like the visual effects in this. I was kind of prepared to just dump on, but they're actually not bad. Like they're they're yes. actually pretty not terrible at all, um, which I was kind of surprised by because it's been it's been at least a year or two since I've seen this because I know my wife and my son had watched this. It was streaming somewhere not that long ago. Uh, and they had it on and I was like, why are you guys watching this filth? Like, and I sat and like made fun of it and they, <laughs> then they kicked me out of the room. Um, so like when I was watching it again, like they're like <laughs> kind of trying to figure out if I, like my son kept asking me like, dad, are you going to just like, just like watch the movie and not just like rip it apart the whole time? I'm like, yes, but I'm going to, I'm going to watch the movie. He's like, you know, not everything has to be like good. He's like 10 and he's like <laughs> negotiating with me on what my score is going to be for it. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm like this, watch this movie with me. Um, and, and it's funny because you mentioned like, you don't know what to make of it. And you know, I, I was not sure where I was going to score it either. When we get to that point, 
Yeah, um, it, it's certainly an interesting one. But uh, before we do that, are there any other major parts of this movie that you want to point out? Uh, last thing that I've really got the fist fight with the alien at the yeah. end by the paraplegic vet, like he, he like knees him in the armor and that's supposed to somehow do something like, <sighs> I was just like, this is terrible. Like they, these, these things against active duty Navy just thrash them and like smash their hands and rip them to pieces. And then this, you know, he's a big dude, but he's paraplegic. He's, he's, compromised in terms of his physical strength and, and what his capabilities are and his agility. And he somehow takes this thing down in hand-to-hand combat. And I think he secures a triangle choke at the end because clearly alien anatomy works the same way that, that ours does. Um, I was just like, all right, this is so stupid. <laughs> like the second half of this movie really does fall apart at, at points. And that one, I was just like, this is atrocious. Yeah. Um, it is, it is funny to, look at that and just be like, all right. And again, not trying to be rude, but we know why that scene happens. Like, yeah, it, it, because it, it, but in the, the sense of the movie, it doesn't make sense for God's sakes. Are your aliens strong and good at war? Are they stupid and suck at war? Because the movie can't decide. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like, it's so it's so strange, but I, I think that was yeah. It's and it sucks too because it's towards the end of the movie, and that's where I say like it loses momentum. But and that's what you remember, like when you turn the movie off or walk out of the theater, or however you're you know partaking in the movie, like that's what you remember is how it ends. Right, exactly, exactly. But um, if if that's all that you had, I I think it's time to score this and kind of give our final thoughts. Let's reach for some popcorn. All right. So we are going to hit popcorn time where we rate this movie out of five buckets and still not knowing exactly like what I'm supposed to think (laughs) this movie is supposed to be. I do have a grade for it. And actually, I I think maybe it's a little bit higher than I thought it was going to be. It's certainly higher than what I would have given it years back or even just, oh, I'm going to watch this again. Uh, I actually give this three buckets for the simple fact of it is not three buckets because it is good dialogue or it's a good movie. It is three buckets because it has some pretty cool action scenes. It's got good visual effects and I had fun. I legit had fun with this movie. Now, again, maybe I am skewed because I had watched it with my son and that tends to just be a good time. Yep. Um, but this was a much more fun experience than I remember. Uh, two and a half buckets, which okay. I, I'm very much in that neighborhood. Um, I think you were expecting me to probably go much lower. Frankly, I was expecting me to go much lower. I was fully prepared to just write down the number one and uh, and put it at that. Um, that's that's where I anticipated seeing it. Um, yeah, because when we when we talked when I watched it, that's why I was like, oh, we're going to probably be definitely in, in disagreement here um, was because when I was like, oh, I'm watching this, you're like, oh, my God, that's like, that's so bad. Yeah. Like, so I was like, that's child abuse to your son. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, the you know, it's it's kind of cool to see that we both actually got more enjoyment than we remember from this movie, because, yeah, I was expecting this to be either a one or a half bucket. Yeah. Um, it, and I think, it, you know, we've talked about this a lot when when I rate something, it's just that's literally just a representation of how I feel about it in that moment in time. And yeah, I watched it with two of my three kids earlier today. There was parts we laughed at. We had a good time. It wasn't as bad as I remember. There's parts of it that are definitely stupid. Uh, but the parts that are actually effective were more effective than I remember it. So this will be, you know, mark this down as another one where on a rewatch, my opinion of something went up slightly uh, compared to where I, you know, sort of had it categorized in my head. Yeah, that's. You know what? And hey, it's uh, not as bad as we remember. Hopefully, 
that might be the case for the next movie that we're going to do. As Unlikely. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, that one I don't think I'm going to change very much on. But uh, the next movie we are going to talk about will be the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy. And then maybe it will only be fair to have a palate cleanse. Maybe talk about The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Um, oh, I'm dra- primed to talk about those. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Eh, I don't know. Maybe we just have to do it because it's part of it. Um, but maybe because we have talked about forever doing the mummy movies. I'm I'm honestly shocked as often as we that's probably the series we've talked about the most and never actually done. done. And uh, I think it's time. Yeah, um, I think that that'll be one of the ones, though, where. We have to figure out a way to get Harrison because we've talked about that with him yeah. a lot. Like most of our conversations about the mummy have always been when the three of us are talking. He needs to emerge from his cave. Yes. Well, I give him a little bit of a break. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this next one. Um, yeah. The Tom Cruise version of the mummy. You might have to change the initials of the show from MGTTM to MIABF for Matt is a bad friend. Yeah, that that one. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we will see what happens, but I'm not expecting uh, good things from, <laughs> from that view, um, which, again, that's that's going to be fun because that was supposed to, you know, that was the big thing. And, you know, when shared universes, everybody was going to have one and they had already made the the dark pictures you know, logo. And they took that, that picture of all of the actors with Tom Cruise and Johnny Depp and Russell Crowe. And, you know, Oh my God, like look at this cinematic universe. We're going to have, we're going to have all the monster, you know, the monster movies together. And it took one movie and nah, never mind. We're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Psych. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally it was like the movie before it was released was, all about how it's going to be this and it's going to be that and it's going to lead to this and literally one weekend at the one week at the box office it was like dark pictures cinematic universe is scrapped and it was like wow you gave up quick like (laughs) yeah batgirl had more of a chance than the dark universe did right so uh i'll i will be interested to rewatch that I'm, i'm not expecting that one to really change my opinion because that like with battleship i don't have anything to compare it against but you know i think with the mummy i still think about the movies with brendan fraser and how they're just at least at that time we're gonna see they're just so much better yeah i nostalgia is one of those weird things i it will be hard for me to watch the first two mummy movies with any kind of objectivity because um, I, I absolutely adore those films. Yeah, there's, oh God. Yeah. Well, th- those have to be next. Absolutely. Absolutely. But cause those are, those are so much fun. Um, but that will be after hopefully, uh, Rob and I still remain friends through this next <laughs> review. <laughs> I always wonder what's going to be the movie to do it, but <laughs> It wasn't Super Mario Brothers, so I'm not sure what will. Right, exactly. I'll have to dig deep. But (laughs) (laughs) so listeners, thank you so much. Uh, Feels good to kind of be back into the swing of things. It's been a while since there's been some consistency here just with work schedules. So it's good to be back and, and doing reviews. Thank you for sticking with us, listening. Don't forget at the beginning of this review, you know, Listen for your chance on how to win one of those copies of Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, all of those social media sites. All of those links are in our show notes, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.